Okay, good morning. <clears throat> Thank you to Yitzchak for sponsoring the shir this morning in honor of being Messiah, his first Masechta. Mazel tov, and he should be Zoha to continue and be Messiah. Many more Masechtas, Amir Tashem. Oh, and thank you again to Reb Chaim for orchestrating and delivering consistently delicious eggs, pancakes, bagels, yogurt, and all the rest. And a thank you to our health and wellness director. That's really it, yeah, who supplies the yogurt. <laughs> and the granola, bananas, and OJ. Okay, the topic is, what do we do when... The either secular world or the religious world copies or imitates Minhage Yisrael. How does that impact what we do if it does at all? So the, uh, the springboard of the question is a Ramah in Tafzadi Dali. This is a short simon on the Yontif of Shvuas. The Ramah writes in Sif Gimel. Benogin lishtoach asovim b'shvuas b'beis hakenesis v'habatim. We have the minig to put out asovim. What are asovim? Vegetation, right? different Flowers. greenery. Well, asovim, pashim sham means greenery, right? So maybe they'd have nice branches. It's hard to know exactly. And where would they place them? So the Ramah says the reason is because it's a Zecher for the Simcha of Matan Torah. Take a look at the Mishnah Burah. Sivkot and Yud. Um, actually, let's go back to Tess. Bishvuis. Hindu. Bein Shishotchan Be'er of Yontif. Oh, Be'yontif Gufa. And now we have a question, maybe they're muktza, they're not even fit for an animal, at least sometimes. Since the intention was they were designated for this purpose of decoration before Yantif, then your mutter to move them, like we saw in Simon Shin Ches. And for sure, if they're a savim that give off a nice flavor, not, not flavor, a nice aroma. A year like this, when Shavuos falls on Sunday, you should not place the savim out on Shabbos. Since you're doing it for the Yantiv of Shavuos, and we have a klal ein Shabbos mechin the Yantiv, don't put them out on Shabbos. Ella, yishtachim b'yom tov gufa, o be'erev Shabbos. Either put them out on Friday or on Yantiv itself. How about taking a nap Shabbos day to get ready for staying up, right? Lel Shavuos. Maybe you could argue ein Shabbos mechin the Yantiv. So there... We paskin that it's not nicker. People take naps, especially on Shabbos. So, Elamai, your intention is I'm doing so. Maybe I'll sleep a little bit longer so I can stay up later all night on Shavuos. <laughs> That's not a problem of Achana. The one thing the Mishnah Bura does tell us is that one should not say explicitly, I'm going to take a nap now in order to stay up all night for Shavuos. Okay, Sivkat and Yud. Zeicher Torah. 
The reason we have the meaning of putting out the Yisavim is Zeichel Simchas Matan Torah, Shehoyu Sham Masavim Seviv Har Sinai. Because there were Yisavim around Har Sinai. Kedachsiv, Hatzon Vahabokar Al Yiru. If Lumais, the Pasuk, is telling us that the animals should not graze, clearly the indication is there's what to graze on. Okay. Kosvu Achronim. If you're going to make a bracha on them because they have a nice smell, then make sure not to pass them out between Baruch Shamar and Shmona Esrei, because you don't want to be mafsik with the bracha. No again, Lahamid Ilonos Bebesa Knesabatim. Not only do we have the Ramaz Minig of Lishtoach Asavim, but we also have the Minig of Lahamid Ilonos, to stand up trees in Shul and in homes on Shvuis. Zeicher Shabatseris Nidonu Alperosa Ilon. So this is not about the Simcha of Matan Torah, but it's referring to the Mishnah and Rosh Hashanah that on Shvuis, on Atseris, the Perosa Ilon are being judged. So what's the point of having a tree because they happen to be judged? If anything, it's counterintuitive. Let's chop it down and destroy it, and then we'll bring it into our house. So there is a Lashon in the Magan of Ram where this comes from, different girsos, is that maybe the, we bring the trees in in order to remind us of this Metzius, that Betzeris Nidonu Alperos Ilan, in order to daven, that this should be a good din. It brings it to, uh, to the forefront of our mind. So that's the second minig. V'hagra bitel minag zeh, mishum she'achshav hu chok ha'amim, lahamid ilonos b'chag shelehem. The grother was mevatel this minig. Pashib shat, the presentation of the Mishnah Bura is, with the grother disagree with the Ramah, of nogim lishtoch ha'savim, v'shvuas be'sekinas ha'zabatim, doesn't sound like it. it. Sounds like he's okay with that. To put a savim around for the zecher of the simcha, he's fine with that. But he was mavato the minig of lahamid ilonos. For what reason? Because now, at least in the times of the Grah in the 1700s, it became a chok ha'amim to have trees during their holiday. So here's an interesting historic question. I did not have time or even the interest yet <laughs> to pursue it. But when did this custom start? Everyone's taking out their phone, right? When did it start to, to uh, bring in trees for part of the celebration of a Chag Shalehem? Anybody who's going to be the first one to figure this out? 1900. Early 1900s. I would assume before that. <laughs> if the Groh, the Groh is saying this, right? The Groh is 1700s. Now the Magan of Ram. What's that? Ah, that's interesting. So what year was it? No, exactly. No, it comes from pagan custom. The pagans predated Christianity. The question is, when did the Christians start doing this, right? And when they, probably about three hundred years after they started, I would imagine. So probably in about the year three, four hundred. Are you arguing with Google? What does Google say? <laughs> it says 16th century? Or? 16th century. Th- that's very intriguing. That's very intriguing. 
When did the Magan of Ram live? Right? So the Magan of Ram, I'm going to Google that. Also, just give us a date to Magan of Ram. Reb Chaim, any ideas offhand? 1600s, right? 1600s. What do we have, Avi? No pressure. 1635 to? To 1682. So that's definitely later than according to what you found, the custom began. I do wonder, though, and you can tell there's no research in this, right? I'm just wondering. Maybe the Magad of Ram would agree wholeheartedly to the concern of the Gra. Maybe in his time, this was not yet the prevalent custom in the non-Jewish community to bring in trees for Christmas. Okay, that requires more research. But the Gra, at least in the 1700s, felt that we should no longer... Be Mekayim this minig because Chok Ha'amim Lahamid Ilonos Bachag Shalahem. I thought the history though it was tied to attracting pagans from the very beginning. So from a historic from a historic standpoint, we have to do more research. I don't claim to know anything about the history of Christmas trees. I don't know. It could be. Oh, so the truth is, ever since Kinwaza, Kunwaza, what's that? Kwanza, right? I don't like Hanukkah candles anymore because of Kwanza. <laughs> not green and white, green and red. Right? So obviously this idea needs a lot of thought and much analysis. When do we say that if we've been doing something for generations or centuries, and it's a minute Yisrael... The fact that, like, now other people start doing it, therefore we can't do it anymore? How about an ugly Hanukkah sweater? Like, Ooh, that's a good one. I'm that's putting out one. stuff in the lawn, like the blow-up right. stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. How about giving presents? Oh, but giving why, presents why, on Hanukkah. Why, 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 I would think the presents, the presents on Hanukkah would be more comparative to the presents given out on Exodus. But the trees, give, the trees, putting up the trees in the winter versus putting up trees in the summer in the shul or in the home. I don't find that to be as comparative as, as other things. You're saying it's, 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 it's a different time of year. You're saying it's a different time of year and therefore it's not. Okay, we'll have to explore how far this idea goes. The, the strength of minhagam, like, you don't just stop doing a minhag. It's like, okay. Uh, it's like, like, so this is why we've come here this morning to the Edelman house. <laughs> Not just for the pancakes, but to address this question. We're going to stop doing a minhag Yisrael just because you have some random people doing it? Like, we, like okay, you have uh, halathas that they have... Um, um, how about the following example? <clears throat> All right, let's say there's a small, uh, a small tribe somewhere in Africa. Mm-hmm where they begin to put on tefillin, and they claim that they're Jewish. Now it happens to be they're not really Jewish, but the whole tefillin thing catches on, and now you have millions of people putting on tefillin every day. Where there be any havam, you know, whatsoever, for Gedele Yisrael to come along and say, G'dabaisai, we no longer feel it's appropriate to put on tefillin, it's a chok shalehem. Of course not, that's a chiv deraisa. Millions of people have, uh, you know, circumcised. We're not going to stop that now. Granted, nowadays it's becoming less. I think there needs to be a a, 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 a
Yeah, so that, that distinction will definitely say. The question is how to define what minhagim. But obviously there's a clear directive in the, in the Torah itself, as a chiv der And I think it's fair to assume, even if there's a chiv der if there's a real obligation to do something, we don't change chiyuvim. We're not mevat lechiyuv because of a, a minig shalehem. What we have to explore is, if we're not really doing something based on a chiyuv, it's more of a minig, at what point do we say we're going to stop our minig because now it's their minig? How do they have the right to take over our minig? We had it first, and we're doing it right. Like bagels. Ooh. <laughs> so it's not clear when it started. The first reference we have to it in the post is the Magan of Ram, who lived from 1635 to 1680-something. One second. So how old was he when he passed away? <laughs> what are we doing here? Why are we wasting our time, you know? It's not much an amazing thing. The Magan of Ram didn't live to 50 years old, <laughs> right? That's crazy. Let's take a look at the Archa Shulchan for a moment. This is the, uh, the next page, not the one on back. The Kosvu Shinogin Lishtar Chasavim Bishvuos Besakanasis Vabatim Zecher Lesimchas Matan Torah. That's quoting the Ramah with the minig of a savim. V'imchal b'yom rishon shochem erev Shabbos ki he muktzav asel ataltolin b'Shabbos v'yantiv kishein ruyin lemaichel behema. He does say a little bit differently than the Mishnah Bura. He says that on Shabbos they would be muktza, and not just the issue of of Shabbos being mechim liyantiv. Okay. V'yesh nogu lahamidi lanos. This is quoting from the Magen of Ram. Some have the custom of bringing in trees. Amnam bedoro shalifanenu bitlu ha'ilonos va'asavim mitamim sheyedu ha'gedolim shebedor. Says the Orach HaShulchan, Rabbi Yechiel Michal Epstein, that in the previous generations, the gedolim were mevatel ilonos and the savim for reasons that they were aware of. Hmm... Right. So first of all, what do we see here different than the Mishnah Burah Exactly. He adds in Asavim. The Mishnah Burah, when he quoted the Grah, the Grah was only debating the trees. But it sounds like everyone agrees that you could still bring in Asavim. No one has that non-Jewish custom. But in the world of the Aruch HaShulchan, it sounds like Rumavatal everything, even Asavim. One might argue, maybe even flowers. Maybe according to the Aruch HaShulchan, any kind of greenery or things that grow, bringing those into shul or to one's house might be a problem. But then he says, Why is he so vague? The, the, the gross said the pshat. Oh, right? This is a great example of what we find in the Aruch HaShulchan and many, many other svarim, that you have to be careful with what you write. Because if you were to say a shtach to the Christian world, you'd get in trouble, right? So very vague, based on reasons that they were aware of. Okay. But, but we do see halachically and conceptually that the Aruch HaShulchan seems to take this idea of the gra past trees. And the application is, maybe when there's a real chok shalahem, anything that's even close to that chok shalahem would be problematic, from Minig Yisrael. Even if we had it first, that might be the takeaway from the Aruch HaShulchan. Let's jump here 
to the, the Be'er Sheva. The Be'er Sheva is speaking about an entirely different issue. He says, Minurai Tamati, ever since I was young, I was bothered by the following question. <coughs> Lama ein onu noagim palel bezekifas yadayim lamala. Why don't we daven with our ra- with our hands raised high? Like we find all throughout Tanakh. This was the derech of tefillah, right? The classic posture of tefillah. You go out into the field and you raise your hands high. Why don't we do that anymore? Huh? So where do we find this, first of all? So he quotes a few different places. We find in the Pashas Lech Lecha, Harimosi Yodai al Hashem Elyon, Betirgim Unkulis, Arimas Yodai Betzilu Kadam Hashem. I raise my hands in prayer before Hashem. Ubereshis Rabba, Pashas Chayasara, the Pasuk Vetisa Rivka Esay Neha Vetira Es Yitzchak, it says that as Rivka was being brought by Eliezer back to the house of Avram, she lifted up her eyes and she saw Yitzchak and he was there in the field, Basuach Basada. The Medish Rabbi says, Amar of Huna, Shatuach What did she see? She saw that his hands were raised in prayer. Amra Vadai Adam Godolhu. And she said, Oh, he must be an Adam Godol. And that's why she asked the question, Eliezer, who is that man? We also find... It, it, we also, we're going to get there as well. Right? The, by uh, the whole, all the Makos of Mitzrayim. Ketsesi Esair, Ephros as El Hashem. When I leave this city, who's saying this? Mi Amr Lami? Moshe Deparo. When I leave this city, I'll raise my hands to Hashem in prayer. This is by the Melchama against the Malik. That when, it's, that when Moshe was raising up his hands, then they were victorious. That Moshe, why was he raising his hands? He was doing so as an expression of tefillah until the setting of the sun. So all throughout Tanakh we find raising hands being the way you pray. Okay? Okay, Eilu Rabbin. V'tani b'perki Rebbe Eliezer, perik mem dalid, sh'tzarech l'hamid echad liyamin sh'atz v'echad l'smolo. There's a minute to have one person standing by the right and one to the left of the shliach tzibur. Why? That's based on Aaron v'chur. They were the ones holding up the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu. And this minig is brought in Orachayim, in Tavkov Samech Vav, and in Yom Kippur it's brought as well, Tavresh Yates, the Mordechai, and others. So what's your question? If people are trying to look at that historic experience, if people, you have Aaron and Chur, to the right and left of Moshe, and he was like the Shliach Tzibor, so too in Shul, we want to have someone to the right and to the left, so then Lechein, Keshem Sho'onu Lameidim Mitfilas Moshe, so we should also learn that we should raise our hands in prayer. At least the Shliach Tzibur should do that. Other than Kol Nidre, do we have any 
That's not the, the classic minig. Not the classic minig, but the fact that it's brought as a halacha, but no one, we don't find anywhere that they bring an arachayim and you should raise your hands. It's not brought. What's that? Oh, it's a raya for shtenders. Raya have to have a shtender. Now it's interesting, the Be'er Sheva says, I was bothered with this from my youth, right? You can imagine as a, as a seven-year-old boy how frustrated he must have been in Cheder. Rebbe, why don't we raise our hands in davening like we find in seven places throughout Tanakh? <laughs> Be quiet and do the olive bits. No, that's when the Rebbe says, oh, that's a Rebbe Shemeshkav. So let's, let's see his terrets, his potential terrets. B'Shem Yesh bottom right. He says, perhaps you could say, once this has become the, the custom of non-Jewish uh, religions to pray in this particular way, so that's why we no longer daven like that. Where do we find a precedent for this kind of thing to stop something that was viewed as beautiful just because now they're doing it? So he quotes from, go to the next page here. This is the, uh, the source of the Be'er Sheva. He quotes from the Isser we have of Lo Sokim Matseva Asher Hashem Do not make a Matseva a place of offering a carbon that Hashem hates. Hashem hates matzevos. It's a good thing to know. Right, what does Hashem hate? A matzeva. Okay, why does Hashem hate matzevos? What did they do wrong? What's the difference, by the way, just technically between a matzeva and the mizbeach? A matzeva is an altar made out of one giant stone, and a mizbeach is an altar made out of many stones. So what's so bad about a matzeva, says Rashi. Lo sokim lecha matzeva. Matzeva's even achas. Lahakri v'leha afilu l'shemayim. Even though you want to offer a carbon to Hashem, Hashem still hates that. Mizbeach avonim mizbeach adam lasos, Rashi says. We have the command to make a mizbeach made from stones or uh, adama of earth. Ve'ezu sane ki chok but there's a sinna that Hashem has for a matzeva because this became the chok of the kananim. This is how they do their avodah zarah. And here's an amazing question. Even though the matzeva was beloved to Hashem in the times of our avos, because we find the greatest personalities of all time bringing karbanos on a matzeva, but now Hashem hates it. Once it's become a chokla vodazara. So this is the, the source that the Be'er Sheva uses to explain why we no longer raise our hands in tefillah. We have a precedent. The same reason Hashem used to be a big fan of the Matseva and now he can't stand them. So too, Hashem used to love the idea of us raising our hands in prayer. But now it's a chokla vodazara. Hashem no longer wants that form of tefillah. Where, where do you draw the line? If the guy 
Well, how about even before where we draw the line? We did ask that question actually in the first 15 minutes of the year that was raised. Sorry, sorry. We don't prostrate like Oh, we didn't answer it. Oh, we do. We do. Oh, that, that was a fast comeback. <laughs> we do. When do we do it? I said we don't like we used to. Do we used to do it on a daily basis? Yes. It's also a great example. We used to bow down, right? Mamish lahavdil, like like Muslims, right? Bowing down on the knees and then bowing down ala payim on one's face to the ground. So we do find other examples. I just want to focus, though, for a moment before we get into the questions of where do we draw the line and other examples. Do we appreciate this Rai of the Be'er Sheva? Do we feel it's a solid source for what he's trying to prove? Well, first of all, isn't this, this is in the Torah, that they're already making this distinction. It's not like someone's coming along later. He's already making that distinction. Yes. Meaning what? Nunu Sait, yeah. Meaning Karsh Baruch is the one who told you I don't like anywhere. But that, but that so means how do we apply that? Oh, right. That means it's a Torah source for. Okay, but, but this, this is a very, very, I think, uh, basic question on the Be'er Sheva. The Be'er Sheva is saying, ever since my youth, right, I was four years old, walking back and forth, pacing this question, why don't we daven with our hands held high anymore? And then his answer finally was, because the pagans do it. So we stopped. Where do we find that we would stop something beautiful just because they also do it? And he quotes this Pasuk. Oh, we have a source. See, who is asking? Anytime the Pasuk will tell you, this is what Hashem doesn't like. The reason may be, based on Kananim or the other nations doing things, but Hashem has the ability to make that, that decision. It was Ahuva and now it's Snua. But it's a very right. I mean, we have many, many mitzvahs in the Torah. If you look at the, the different Taimiha mitzvahs that are given, the Rambam, is especially in the Mar Nevochim, oftentimes one of the many layers behind an Isser could be based on the fact that it's Darchei Amori, it's the way of the Kananim. So for Hashem to give us this Hadrach in the Torah, that's one thing. But how can we come along? All we find throughout Torah, Nevi'im, Ksuvim is this is the way to David. So we come along hundreds of years later and say, okay, no longer do that. That's a very hard application, right? What's that? Oh, it's a good kasha. Meaning up until the times of Chana... Right. So, but there you could argue if someone's doing their, their personal tefillah and they happen to be doing it in a different way, Elamai, we, we learn from Chana. Chana is the, the paradigm of how to daven. How do we learn from her how to daven if that wasn't the... But there it's not going... It was different, but it's not like she was being mavatal the way of doing it. I mean, we're still there was a special thing... Right, there was a you're special thing. We're not like doing something that we used to do. It's not, you're not allowed. No, we're still davening with Chana, we just changed our volume. Here, we, we used to daven in a certain way. Right. Are we still davening? Yeah, but, but we should no, we strive. we just daven out loud. Right. Why is it so difficult to learn from this the way that Hashem wants to feel? Like Chazal can't derive from this how Hashem wants to feel. Like this is a, a precedent. 
that there's there's certain things that your your tefillah becomes tainted, so to speak. Hashem doesn't want that based on certain things that go on in the world. Right, meaning that you, you could argue that we, we do find the hashkafa here, that even though something is, is beautiful, but if it's not really a chiyuv, then we have to look at the circumstance and the context, and, and it could become tainted. I guess the question is, it's hard to use it as a raya. Right? Let's take a look here at the Pachet Yitzchak. <clears throat> Rabbi Kiva Eger, in the beginning of Simon Peites, Simon Peites is the first Simon we have in our Chaim on Tefillah. Rabbi Kiva Eger writes as follows. And the Pirkei the Rabbi Elazar. So Rabbi Kiva Eger says the exact same thing as the Beersheva and uses the exact same Raya. Says Rav Hutner, this machshava, this inside of Rebbe Kiveger and the Be'er Sheva, it's mishtomemis, it needs hezber. Likras avazu shenefcha lesinna, that this thing that was loved is now transformed to something that's hated. First of all, what's unique about this hanhaga, this behavior of raising your hands that was loved and now it's hated? Says Rav there an interesting uh, insight. From Matan Torah and onwards, Lo matzinu o dugma lahofa kazu. We don't find another example like this. And this is what Yehuda was alluding to. Something that we find in the Torah, the Guf HaKedusha, to take something mamish from Tanakh, that's clearly the right way of doing something, to come along later and to now say that's no longer kadosh. Rak Just because you have some shotim who take this concept and they use it for their own shtus. Good kasha, right? Let's see. We're going to jump here to the end of the piece. Let's jump to the next page. To Oz Ches in the left side. He has a whole very fundamental thesis here that, that generally speaking, the real distinctions are those that are internal. And it's only when superficially things look to be the same, that's when you have the ability to see the real kernel of, of truth that distinguishes A from B. This is a raya for the argument of uniforms. Sometimes the argument against having a uniform in school is that it takes away individuality. Rav Hutner would say, Pudfakert! Only through looking pretty similar externally, then the real individual can shine through. Ayin Shum. 
He says, Lemaisa, we are mevater, we give up this, this pasture of davening. Expressing the, the difference of Klal Yisrael. Since we're sacrificing this, this uh, way of davening that was a huva, Where's it coming from? It's not just like a very cheshbin, uh, superficial type of thing, and they do it, and therefore we don't want to do it, we have to be different. But it's mitoch kedushas hasha'ifa lihisbadel, that holy need to separate ourselves. Ulahavdal ben Yisrael la'amim. Shuv onu omrim ki yahuva nasa snuwa. We're able to say that which was a huva becomes snuwa. Ubiyoseinu nimsoim achshav begolus romi. Hine kola ava vachavivu shaprisas kapayim betfila. Nimsos hein lonu achshav. All of the love and appreciation that Hashem once had in ancient times for that form of prayer, we now have by davening differently. B'kedushas havitur ala ava v'chavivus hazu. Got that? Sure. <clears throat> this is a hashkafa that sometimes in order to maintain the authenticity of, of a mesorah, or to transmit the truth to the next generation, certain things need to change. We're changing, though, in order to maintain the, the emis. So it's true this was a huva, but because it became a chok la vodazara, and our desire not to continue that form of davening is coming from a kedusha, a she'ifa, a yearning, an ambition to make sure that that we do have a, a, a real distinction between Yisrael and Amim, now the same love we had back then, davening like that, we have now davening like this. Azoi zot rav hutner. How did he answer his question? Oh, so what do you mean? Meaning, there's a lot of, you, you can attach a lot of very beautiful Ashkafet Svaras to why we can make it sound good that we're, that we're trying to be different. His ultimate question was, we don't see it after the Torah's Gzera within this space of changing some of Huva to Sura that we ever did that again. And if this was, and it sounded like his, his question was, was too prone, there's so many sources in the Torah that this is how we daven. It's not just like a little thing. So if we have all these sources to daven in only one place where the Torah did it and we never made that Huva to Sura again, mm-hmm. so then that's a halachic conversation or it's a hashkafa thing that we can't do. So we have nice svaras for why there's good reason to change our davening. But he didn't answer the question, we, but, but we can't change. This is how, this is how he davens. Right. And it's so, not our fault that the, that the shaitan decided to change it. So it sounds like the ultimate answer would be when something is not a chi of the raisa and it's not a chi of the rabbanan, even though this might be the best way of doing something objectively, once we find ourselves living in a time or a place where it's not just a few shotim, but this becomes viewed as the norm in the Avodah Zarah, non-Jewish circles, then there could be an element of Kedusha 
by refraining from what was the Minag Yisrael. I think his main Chiddush here is, we believe in the continuity of Minhagi Yisrael, even by changing Minhagi Yisrael, if it's keeping that kernel of, of, of truth. Now this is one example. Now he has a lot more here, and he has a, a whole thesis as to Dafka, why was this one thing changed? We would argue, we do find other examples of this, namely, the Grah, right? Now the Grah, is that an easier thing to understand or a harder thing to understand? <coughs> that, was in, that wasn't so articulate, right? It's a minute that is the basis <laughs> of the Torah. So put, putting out the, the flowers is not like... Oh, People meaning that... their hands raised is brought throughout Tanakh multiple times. Right, meaning if the Bereshev and Rebekah Eger are going so far to what, what Rav Hudner says is you're being ochre, a dover kedusha, now it becomes Tameh, but there still could be a, a, a place for that. So then Kol we would argue, when it comes to a minig of, of putting out a Savim or Lahamid, a Ilonos, there's no, there's no mocker in the Torah that this is what you should do on Shavuos. It's a nice thing to do. It's a minig that, that came into Klal Yisrael, Simchas Yantif, Simchas Matan Torah, davening for the, uh, the Peros Ilan. But if Rabbi Kiva Eger was willing to go this far to change the form of davening mentioned in the Torah itself, so for the Gerot to come along and say, listen, no longer bring in trees. And according to the Lord HaShulchan, don't bring us of them either. So they have plenty of room for this. We have a clear, a clear precedent. Right? Do we stop wearing costumes on Purim because Halloween is a Right, so the truth is, you, you could think of many interesting applications. Reb Chaim on the way here had a good question. We all know, who's the most famous person in the world who wears the yarmulke? The Pope. The Pope, right? <laughs> and why do you think he does it? Because deep down he understands Yamas. Actually, the reason they started... That's why the Muslims bow too. The, the, the history of that has nothing to do with Judaism. It's, it was because Maybe not the, the, the physical structures that the warehouse of worship were big and drafty, so they were literally you know, wearing something on their head to protect the dress. It just so happened the shape of it happens to be the same shape as our... So that, that might be the origins of why they do it. But then again, it doesn't matter. Does but, but maybe who cares, right? I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, I, put, yeah, I put it up flowers for the same reason we're putting That's flowers. just not like, like, shouldn't there be a hashkafa that like, we shouldn't even give their shtus so much credence? So the, by changing th- that was definitely the kasha of Rav Hudner, and that's a very strong question. Like, so, so you can raise your hands to heaven. You're, you're not praying, you're not even talking to God. God, like, like, in other words, when we have such a kaddishnik thing that's, la- that, that's delineated in the Torah, so then why validate the Rav and give it yes, any level? Yes, yes, that was the kasha of Rav Hudner. It's a very strong question. I just want to point out for the Yamaka discussion, there, even if theoretically that became the minig of all non-Jewish religions to wear yarmulkes. So there it's a little bit different because there is a real chiv. Not in all cases, but at least in certain times like we did together in Simon Beis of Orachayim, when saying a bracha, when going into shul, there are real chiyuvim involved with kisui harosh. It could be wearing yarmulke when you're not saying a bracha is a minig. It's a minig Torah. But it's, actually, it's not a wearing yarmulke, it's a covering your head, who says we have to wear one of this shape. Maybe, maybe we could still do Kisui Arosh, but yes, no longer wear a yarmulke. Maybe that's the origins for wearing a baseball cap to the Yankee game. <laughs> Change it. 
Anyway, what, what, what comes out from here, though, we could obviously spend many hours in this discussion, is that sometimes there could be a Kedusha in changing something that was never a real obligation, it was a minig, in order to maintain the hisbadlus, that distinction of Klal Yisrael Bein Ha'amim. When do we do that? Don't try it at home, yeah. <laughs> right? But uh, at least the Minig Yisrael, when it comes to decorating for Shavuos, we no longer bring in trees. Most communities do not bring in trees anymore, based on the gra. Bringing in flowers, though, seems to be a very normal thing to do. And there, even the uh, the Orach HaShulchan, who extends the gra to a savim, could still likely be okay with flowers. I hear that. I hear that. It's a gazer shayin rovetzibur yichol lamud Have a wonderful day.